This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. We're going to talk about everything you wanted to know about consumer proposals. We're going to do it in two parts. So the first part, if you're curious about how to consolidate your debt using a consumer proposal... This is what you should know. The proposal's first formal solution that Canadians can use to consolidate, cut, and pay off debt. And Blair is going to take us through some of the most common questions people have about this option for consolidating debt without borrowing. So before we jump into the details, Blair, of the consumer proposal, can you start by taking us through what a licensed insolvency trustee is, which is a good question because not everybody knows, and what Sands & Associates does? Yeah, with with pleasure, Elaine. So a licensed insolvency trustee, or an LIT for short, it's a relatively new term. So you might have heard the term bankruptcy trustee or trustee in bankruptcy. That's been around, you know, for many, many years. But just recently, in the last five years, the government changed the the terminology to call a bankruptcy trustee a licensed insolvency trustee to recognize that a licensed insolvency trustee does a whole lot more than bankruptcy. uh, With Actually, the majority of what we do is helping people with consumer proposals we're going to discuss today. But our service is an offering advice to people to help them make informed decisions on how to deal with financial difficulties. And once the person has made that decision, we administer one of the two remedies that are available in Canadian law to help you get out of debt. So an LIT is the only professional authorized to provide formal proceedings that allow you to have debts forgiven and also give you legal protection from your creditors. And those remedies are either a personal bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. Um, What a lot of people are surprised to learn is the debt repayment industry is pretty unregulated, especially in B.C., Um, and LITs are quite unlike other organizations as we're federally regulated. There's strict code of ethics, strict, you know, dispute resolution mechanisms. So when you're dealing with an LIT, you know you've got a neutral, independent party that their job is to make sure everyone's rights uh, and responsibilities are clearly understood and respected. And with Sands & Associates, we're the largest firm of LITs in the province of BC. We're proud to be that. Uh, We've been founded founded in 1990, uh, and now we've grown to serve the entire of BC. We've got 25 offices and local communities helping individuals, starting with free consultation anywhere within the province. And we've got a team of skilled licensed insolvency trustees supported by counselors, supported by estate managers, and a great complement of administrative staff. So when you deal with Sands and Associates, you know you're dealing with a firm that over the last 30 years has helped upwards of 50,000 individuals in BC achieve freedom from their debts. Wow, that's a that's a lot. That's a lot of years, and that's a lot of people. That's quite something, Blair. Mm-hmm. That's we're quite. So proud. let's talk about a consumer proposal. Yeah, you should be. You should be. So let's talk about that consumer proposal, uh, and who can do it. 
So a consumer proposal is a formal debt management option, and it allows a person to consolidate all their debts into a single repayment plan, a single payment each month. It stops all the interest charges and any collection activities against you. And the most powerful part of it, in my opinion, is it reduces the debt down to what you can actually afford to repay with the creditors having to accept that reduced amount in full satisfaction. So, for example, someone owing $20,000 might offer to repay 30% of this total back uh, with monthly payments of $166 over 36 months. So they're paying back roughly $6,000, and the creditors have to agree to write off the balance of the debt. For the most part, consumer proposal payments are made monthly, but they're highly customizable. So in some cases, uh, people pay their proposal off just very, very quickly. Uh, Sometimes they're basing it on selling an asset, for example. Or in some cases, people plan for a five-year payment term, but a proposal can be paid off early at any time without any penalty. Uh, Who can do a consumer proposal is anyone who owes more than $1,000 and less than $250,000, and that doesn't include your mortgage on your principal residence. If you owed more than $250,000, you can still do a proposal, but it's a bit of a different set of rules. But definitely that $250,000 threshold, that's pretty inclusive for the vast majority of people that come to see us. They owe significantly less than $250,000. And if it's a joint situation where it's a husband and wife or just two people who have some debts in common, they could do a consumer proposal, assuming that their joint debts or combined debts from each of them are less than 500000 total. So it's very wide eligibility. If you've got a debt problem, can't pay it off in full, a consumer proposal is probably a good option to investigate. Okay. And and a key piece of this is that only licensed insolvency trustees can facilitate uh, a consumer proposal. That's right. And what's what's awesome, too, is when you think mostly about a debt consolidation, you're having to borrow money. You're having to give, you know, uh, security to a bank or confirming to them, okay, I want to consolidate my debts into a new loan. This is not a new loan. This is no borrowing. This is nothing to be, you know, approved for on a credit rating. This is a powerful means that only a licensed insolvency trustee can help you access to reduce your debt. Excellent. So before you talk about the types of debt that can be consolidated as part of a consumer proposal, I just want to throw in that, you know, if you already know that you want to take some action, uh, that you've got a debt situation and you want to, you want to fix this, you want to sit down and talk with somebody that's actually going to help you get through it, give them a call at 1-800-661-3030. The website is sans-trustee. Okay, so the types of debt that can be consolidated as part of the consumer proposal, what are they? Do they cover everything? Just about. You know, in just about every situation, um, a person's entire debt situation can be included in a consumer proposal, and your LIT takes responsibility once you file the consumer proposal of dealing directly with your creditors on your behalf. So the most common types of debts that people have and that can, can be included in a consumer proposal are your typical consumer and business debt, so credit cards, lines of credit, overdrafts, payday loans, installment loans, you know, pretty well any time you borrow money, that's eligible to be included in a consumer proposal. A lot of people are surprised to learn that income tax debt, so whether it's income tax, GST, business taxes, uh, even payroll remittances, which are you know in trust amounts you're supposed to withhold from your employees, aside from a bankruptcy, a consumer proposal is the only settlement mechanism the government will ever accept on these amounts. But the key thing to take away is that you can actually compromise on amounts owing to government. I still have people just about every week speaking with me saying, well, I understand you can't help with government debt. Saying, nope, we absolutely can. It's considered the same as every other debt when you're dealing in a consumer proposal. Uh, 
student loans, whether it's federal, provincial, or private, um, amounts owing to the province, whether it's MSP or ICBC debt, all of those can be included. If there's debts for a business where you signed a personal guarantee, if there's personal debts, you owe somebody money and you've got a written agreement or not, that can also be included in a consumer proposal. And then finally, if you had what we call a secured debt, so maybe there's a mortgage or a car loan, and you just want to get out of that commitment, you want to sell the house, but you know there's going to be a shortfall, or you want to get rid of the vehicle, but you know you're going to owe more than what they sell it for, you can choose to get rid of those commitments and whatever the financial hangover, the debt you're going to have at the end of the day, that can also be included in a consumer proposal. How often do people um, lose their assets uh, in a consumer proposal like the theory is that you do in a bankruptcy? Do you want to clear that up a little bit? Well, definitely, yeah. You know, most people think when you file a bankruptcy, for example, you lose all of your assets, which is not the case. The vast majority of people do keep all of their assets, but there are certain folks that they file a bankruptcy, you know, maybe there's, you know, a very nice classic car or a boat or something, something, you know, luxury good that has to get sold as part of a bankruptcy proceeding. In a consumer proposal, it's almost never the case that you need to offer an asset as part of the consumer proposal. So when you do a proposal, you have to declare all the assets that you own, and then and what the trustee is going to do is going to do an evaluation and say, okay, if this person were to file for bankruptcy, what would happen to these assets? Probably the majority of them would be exempt and nothing would happen with them. But if there was an asset that would have to be sold in a bankruptcy, when you do a consumer proposal, you're going to offer your creditors more money than they would have received if you had filed for bankruptcy and sold that asset, which means you're able to keep that asset. So if you're concerned of losing assets, a consumer proposal is definitely the best means of actually protecting what you have and still dealing with the asset or still dealing with the debt that might be holding you back. So it's very rare, almost never, does someone agree to surrender an asset as part of a proposal, and it's never a requirement to do so. Okay. And and then the other piece with it is when you talk about assets, um, I think about, okay, well, I owe money on this stuff. I owe money on my car or money here or money there. Uh, what about the creditors? Do they stop bothering me uh, if I file a consumer proposal? So absolutely. So when you file a consumer proposal, you get the same protection as a bankruptcy. So for any debts included in the consumer proposal, the credit cards, income taxes, lines of credit, whatnot, no one is allowed to contact you at all during the term of the proposal. So from when you sign the document with the trustee until when you make your final payment, the trustee is dealing exclusively with all those creditors on your behalf. Now, if it's the case you had a car loan or a mortgage and you wanted to just keep those things going, you're permitted to do so. So you could still continue to make payments on your car, make payments on your house. If you decided you wanted to walk away from those commitments, you can do that as part of the proposal, but that's your option. But the short answer is yes, you absolutely get the ceasefire, you get the relief. People can't chase you anymore once you've done a consumer proposal. Excellent. And I I just want to... I'm sort of toying between the next thing. If if we should talk about the main steps to begin that proposal, is that something that we should sort of include in this piece? Because I, I think it's kind of important too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think we've got lots of time. We've got a second segment coming as well. So True you know, the steps are pretty straightforward, and your LIT is going to guide you every step of the way. So the first step we often say is the toughest one is you have to reach out for help. Um, and as much as I can say, you know, we're respectful, empathetic, we understand, you know, bad debt happens to good people all the time. I know people do have a reluctance, and sometimes there's a little bit of a shame or a stigma, but reaching out to help is just the first step, and it's the most important thing. Uh, from there, your trustee is going to have a free confidential consultation 
consultation with you to discuss your situation, evaluate all of the options, and essentially build your consumer proposal. We do it in Excel on a screen share or in person. You know, right in that first meeting, we can have a sense of how the proposal will work. If you decide to go forward on that proposal, you're going to sit down with your licensed insolvency trustee or do it over video and sign the proposal documents, which are then registered and sent to your creditors. So all of that can happen pretty quickly. Sometimes I'll have an initial meeting with someone on a Monday, and by Friday we're signing the documents. Sometimes it's a month or two later where the person is comfortable and feels like they're ready to go forward. So it's really up to the individual, but it doesn't have to take very long. And then once the proposal is accepted by your creditors, that happens 45 days after you sign. So from the time you meet us to when you know you have a proposal that's in force can be as little as 45 days, but you've got the protection right from the first moment you sign those documents. The, the really wonderful thing about the people at Sands and & Associates, and, and we've met a number of them over, over the years of doing the show, is um, that they're completely open to the idea that uh, you're feeling overwhelmed and uncomfortable. Uh, that's very, very typical, and it's almost honored by the folks that you sit down with. Um, and they just so want to remind you they're not judging. They're just wanting to find the situation, look at your circumstances, and then find a path forward. If you want to learn more about consumer proposals and other debt solutions, book your confidential free debt consultation with someone at Sands & Associates. Friendly and caring, I think, would be two great words uh, that we could use to describe them. Uh, 1-800-661-3030, or, uh, and that's a toll-free number, or visit sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. We're continuing on with part two of our two parts, all about consumer proposals and the frequently asked questions about them. Blair, uh, who's president of BC's largest firm of licensed insolvency trustees, focuses on debt help services for individuals and small businesses, and so firmly believes consumer proposals are such a powerful alternative to consolidation loans and credit counseling plans and even personal bankruptcy. So let's get, get a bit of a recap first, Blair, as we head into the second segment. Refresh on the basics of what it means to file a consumer proposal. Well, certainly, Elaine. So the first thing for people to be aware of is a consumer proposal is not a bankruptcy. It's a totally different legal remedy, even though it's administered by the same professional. It's not a bankruptcy. It's different. And it's not a loan either. There's no borrowing, no one stepping forward to pay off your debts and you're paying them back. What a consumer proposal is, it's a unique legal debt solution that allows you to both consolidate your debt, so put it together into a single payment, and achieve partial debt forgiveness. So reduce the debt down to what you can actually afford. And many people are surprised to learn that this even exists and has so many advantages. Um, you know, just a couple of advantages. You can consolidate all of your debt, stop all of the future interest charges, and just repay what you can afford to repay. And that's in full satisfaction of the amounts owing. The unpaid balance has to be forgiven by your creditors by law. And another important advantage is this isn't the never-never plan that you're going to make payments for the rest of your life, the time frame is tailored to your needs. So it could be as short as a single lump sum payment. So maybe someone in your family wants you to help them, wants to help you pay off your debts. Definitely better for them to help you pay off 30 cents on the dollar as opposed to paying everything off in full. That could be a lump sum proposal, or it could be a monthly payment, but it can't extend beyond five years. So the longest you'll ever be in a proposal is five years, and you've got the right to pay it off as soon as you're able to do so. So if things go better, which they often do once people are less stressed about their debt, they suddenly start to earn more money and be in a better headspace, you can even pay a proposal off sooner, put it behind you that much more quickly. 
How does how do you know, or how does a a person know if a consumer proposal is going to work for them? What's the kind of criteria that they should run through their head to see if that's the if that's the best solution? Well, in general, if you know you can make some payments towards your debt, but you can't pay the full amount, you should investigate a consumer proposal. And who's going to help you do that is a licensed insolvency trustee. So when you sit down with an LIT at that no cost, no obligation, and it's fully confidential, we look at your individual situation together with you, and we help you weigh the pros and cons of all of your options. So we'll sit down and say, okay, well, if you pay this off in full, what does that look like? If we try to get a consolidation loan, what does that look like? And all the way down to even looking at a bankruptcy and then a consumer proposal as well. And a consumer proposal, it's going to give you the date when you're going to be debt-free, so you'll know exactly when things are going to finish. It's going to, again, give you all that protection from wage garnishments and collection activities. And maybe the most powerful thing, and this is just, just makes people's days, months, lives sometimes, is this is your means of avoiding a bankruptcy. So we have people in our offices that just feel so hopeless and resigned to the fact that, oh my gosh, I have to go bankrupt. And when they're able to avoid that by making a settlement with their creditors, sometimes as little as 20 or 30 cents on the dollar, they just feel that much more you know, joy and pride that they were able to deal with a tough situation without having to resort to the last resort of bankruptcy. Okay. Uh, is there a specific set of criteria or eligibility requirements that you have to meet in order to get advice or guidance from an LIT? Well, there's no credit score requirement. So again, it's not that you have to, you know, qualify a certain thing because you're going to borrow some money. It's really as simple as you have to owe at least $1,000 and not be able to pay that debt as it becomes due. So, you know, if you've got a ton of money in the bank and your debts are less than that, a consumer proposal won't be able to reduce the debt. It'll give you the ability to pay it back with no interest. But more commonly, people come in, they don't have a whole lot of assets, they're struggling to pay their debts, and we're able to offer a consumer proposal in just about every situation where someone doesn't have the means to pay back the debt in full. Um, I want to throw in at this moment, too, if, you're, if you already know or you're feeling like you know you want to do something, take some action, get this debt situation out under control sooner rather than later, this is the phone number you want to jot down. It's 1-800-661-3030, and the website as well is sans-trustee.com. Can Blair, as we continue on with the sort of the frequently asked questions that you that you get, can you give us some examples of how much debt a person could write off with a consumer proposal? Yeah, let, let's spend. I'm so happy we've got some time to talk about this. I'll take you through the process. Here's the types of things that we think about, the key factors that really determine how a consumer proposal is structured, and then let's definitely get to some examples. So the key factors that we look at, you know, first off, the total amount of your debt. So to be successful, you have to be able to pay back a meaningful portion of your debts, and usually that's in the range of 20 to 40% of debt. Now, so if someone comes in and they've you know, perhaps had an ICBC accident that, that wasn't insured for and they owe $2 million, it's pretty tough to offer a consumer proposal to pay back, you know, 10 or 20 or 30% of that debt because the number is so big. Um, but typically, if the debts are in the range of, you know, 50000 to 100000 or, you know, even lower or higher than that, as long as you can afford a meaningful portion of repayment, that total amount of debt can be dealt with. Um, a second factor that we have to look at is we have to consider, well, what would happen if you filed for bankruptcy? So when someone files for bankruptcy, we have to look at, well, what would they have to pay back based on their income? Are there any assets they would surrender? In many cases, a bankruptcy recovery is zero, meaning nothing gets paid back to creditors at all, which means a proposal on the lower end of, you know, perhaps 20 or 30 cents on the dollar, it could be very attractive. In some cases, if someone's very high income or has certain assets, they would have to sell as, as part of a bankruptcy. 
a bankruptcy might return, say, 35 cents on the dollar when we do our analysis, in which case we're going to offer a proposal for a little bit more than that, maybe 40 or 45 cents on the dollar. So we have to look at that comparison. Uh, and then finally, we have to look at what's your income and your ability to make payments. So if the debt isn't so extreme that paying off a portion is not possible, we need to look at, well, what's the household doing right now? You know, how is the rent expense? How are groceries? What's the income coming in? Is there uncertainty? Is everybody working? We need to look at that because the whole idea is this is a payment that will fit into the household budget. It's going to relieve hardship and not cause hardship. So there has to be the ability to make that proposal uh, on a regular basis. Okay. Do you want to talk about some examples now of real consumer proposals that have been filed by Sands and Associates and how it works? I just think it's such a great tool for people to hear how it actually works for folks. Well, you're absolutely right, Elaine, and that's what inspired me to become a trustee was I was reading through an accounting magazine one day, and I saw this example of a consumer proposal, and I did the double take. I'm like, well, that can't be true. Someone's paying back $20,000 debt at $150 a month. How does that work? And then I start to dig deeper, and, well, 20 years later, I'm, I'm a trustee here, so I do think the examples matter. So one that we're looking at here, example one, is a 43-year-old uh, individual came to see us. He had accumulated debt due to some previous periods of unemployment. It wasn't a huge amount of debt, but nine thousand dollars of consumer debt and it included a bunch of payday loans with the interest charges on those i just knew if he doesn't act now that debt's just going to continue to grow and he's going to get you know further and further behind so in this case we offered a consumer proposal where he paid back forty eight hundred dollars so reduced the debt almost by half and he reduced his payments to two hundred dollars a month for a total of 24 months so he walked into us with a $9,000 debt. Uh, he walked out after filing the proposal with a cut to just over half and with zero interest, no further finance charges, all fees included. So we're happy to reduce the debt, but even happier to help him avoid the escalation that would have continued in all of that high interest debt. So that was, yeah. a, was a really good one that was pretty recent. Um, a second one that we've done done recently, this was a client who was in a tough situation, she was a 70-year-old widow, and she had about $17,000 of debt that was just bridging the gap between living costs and her income after the passing of her spouse. So obviously went through a very tough time losing a long-term spouse, and then it took a while for her to get the budget adjusted, the expenses reduced, and the impact was that she had about $17,000 of debt. So in this case, we're able to offer a consumer proposal looking at her budget. She could afford $150 a month, and we offered a proposal over 42 months, so just three and a half years. In this case, she settled $17,000 of debt for just $6,300, inclusive of everything, so reduced the debt by over 60%. And, you know, sometimes you see those things, say results not typical. Elaine, these are typical results. Yeah. Exactly what we do every day. It's really quite something, you know, and I, I think about the, the widow and, and owing $17,000 and a lot of people go, oh, 17000 that doesn't sound very much, but oh my gosh, that would be so wearing on you knowing that you needed to pay that money back and just didn't have it. Yeah, and definitely of a certain generation, you know, there's that moral obligation for yeah. sure. And I have sometimes my, my older clients, they tell me when the day they get their pension, they're driving to four or five different payday loan places to make sure they get paid up to date. And it means their grocery budget is now $100. So right. uh, it's just really gratifying to me to allow people to get their life back when not all the money is going for debt payments. Yeah, and, and your example, your third one is somebody that had owed even more money. 
Which is quite something, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so in in this case, again, illustrating the flexibility here, so this client had almost $84,000 of debt, and this was mainly brought on by some unemployment and supporting extended family. So a lot of the time we have individuals that might be sending money home or have family here they just need to take care of. Their credit card minimum payments were over $1,400 a month, um, and that wasn't getting them out of debt anytime soon, and they also owed some money to Canada Revenue Agency for income tax. So a tough situation all around. They offered a consumer proposal of $470 a month for 60 months. So from $1,400 down to $470, and that meant that their debt, just under $84,000, was reduced down to $28,200 or reduced by nearly 70% with the consumer proposal. That's so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I'm wondering, Blair, if we can sort of zip ahead a little bit, because I, I think this question about the signs uh, for folks that it may be a good idea to get in touch with you, a licensed insolvency trustee, to talk about paying off some of that debt, um, because there's some pretty clear, uh, pretty clear indicators of, of when the time is. Yeah, there's some that are very objectively, anyone can just observe from from afar and see. And, you know, the number one there is if you're only making minimum payments or just slightly more than the minimum, that's a huge warning sign because minimum payments are not designed to get you out of debt. They're often designed to keep you in debt for as long as possible. And you'd be amazed sometimes even a five or $6,000 debt can trigger 30 to 40 years of repayment. So minimum payments, if that's all you can do, that's a big warning sign that you need to do something different to get out of debt. The other indicators are a little bit more soft, and it really comes down to how do you feel. It is the case if you think you have a debt problem, you probably do. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed about your money or your debts, you're constantly worrying about it, you feel hopeless, you're depending on winning the lottery to eventually get you out of debt, uh, you're just not seeing any progress each month when you're paying off your balances, those are big warning signs. At least have the conversation. You'll become educated about a proposal. If it doesn't work for your situation, I can guarantee someone in your life is going to face a debt problem. Wouldn't it be great if you can turn them on to perhaps the best debt resolution solution that you've never heard of? Yeah. And if you're still not sure if you need to take some action, the best thing to do is sit down with someone from Sands and Associates and ask the questions and let them see where you are within that debt world and and see if that option, the consumer proposal, is the best one to move forward with. Give them a call at 1-800-661-3030, toll free, or visit sands-trustee.com to book your free confidential debt consultation today. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. So, Blair, what happens if my spouse files a consumer proposal? What does it actually mean for me uh, when we use a consumer proposal for debt consolidation? Uh, Blair's going to talk about some of the common questions, how couples, debts, assets, and income, and credit ratings each will or won't be impacted by one person in the partnership making a consumer debt consolidation. And I like this. If, if you don't know what a consumer proposal is, and I'm pretty sure that there's lots of folks who don't, um, Blair, can we talk about first talk about what it is and how it works? Oh, with pleasure. Um, there's definitely a bunch of folks out there who still, you know, have have not learned about a consumer proposal and through no fault of their own. Um, but you just know there's there's not the in, the incentive for the people that you owe money to to let you know there's this great option out there that's going to allow you to reduce your debt significantly, get your life back. But it means that they're going to have to accept less than full payment. So learning about a consumer proposal is something you know individuals you know if they start to to do their own research, it typically pops up. Uh, the way a consumer proposal works in Canada. 
that's been around for decades, but there were some changes to the law in the early 2000s that made it more accessible and more attractive um, and more popular as a debt relief option. So in Canada, there's two legal ways to reduce your debts. One is to file a personal bankruptcy, which most people understand at least notionally what that looks like. The other is to do a consumer proposal, and a consumer proposal combines the advantages of consolidation uh, with powerful legal backing, so it can really force your creditors to come to the table and negotiate with you, and it's the ability to negotiate a partial debt write-off. So each situation is a little bit different, but a proposal allows you to combine and manage virtually all types of debt into one consolidation where you repay just the part of the debt that you can afford to repay over a period of up to five years. So most people offer to repay in the range of 20 to 50% of the debt that's outstanding, and most creditors will generally agree to accept this in a proposal because they know the alternative. If they don't agree to this proposal, the person might file for bankruptcy and everybody ends up worse off. Uh, when you file a consumer proposal, your debts are immediately frozen. There's no added interest charge, so they stop getting bigger. Um, and then when you do the proposal, you're not charged any additional fees beyond what you can afford to repay. So if you're going to offer back, say, 30 cents on the dollar on your debt, that's all that you pay. The trustee gets paid from that. There's some filing fees, counseling fees, and so on and so forth. But there's no huge professional fees you need to contemplate on top. It's as simple as what can you afford to repay on your debts? Let's make that proposal over term of up to five years. Excellent. And and it really covers almost, almost like almost every kind of debt that you've got. Yeah, that, that's right. There's a very short list of things that can't be included, you know, things like spousal support or child support. Most people would logically say, well, yeah, you shouldn't be able to reduce those debts, but it can be absolutely life-changing, Elaine. So, you know, a very common situation that we see is in the range of, say, $25,000 of debt uh, between a few credit cards and maybe an overdraft. If you were going to pay that off over five years, um, you know, just doing it yourself with a credit card interest, you'd be looking at over $600 a month of payments to deal with the $25,000. Uh, if you got a consolidation, loan at 12% interest, so save yourself a bit of money on the interest, you'd still be about $550 or so. Um, if you did a credit counseling plan, which most people think is just awesome because you can freeze all the interest and just pay back the principal of what you owe, you'd be at 415 so that's definitely saving you money over the $630 that it would cost to pay it back in total. But my gosh, Elaine, if you did a consumer proposal, you'd be paying $125 per month. It's that dramatically different because a proposal can reduce the debt. So when people see, oh my gosh, I could deal with a hundred, sorry, with twenty five thousand dollars of debt for one hundred twenty five dollars a month, and I don't need to go bankrupt. That's why a consumer proposal is such an attractive option. Yeah, I bet. I can't. Yeah, anybody that sees those kinds of numbers would just jump on that that opportunity. So before you explain how things work, where your spouse chooses to do a consum consumer proposal and how it impacts you, I just want to mention if you already uh, know that you want to know more and sit down with and talk with somebody at Sands and Associates, this is the phone number. It's one eight hundred six six one thirty thirty, or you can check out the website at sands trustee dot com. So. Blair, how um, would one be involved with another's, with your spouse's consumer proposal process? Like, how does that happen or does it happen? 
Yeah, well, the first thing for people to understand as couples is that although they might share a household and clearly are in a partnership together, when it comes to debt, each person is their own separate entity, completely independent of the other. So quite simply, one spouse isn't liable to the other person's creditors just because they're married or in a common law relationship. And doing a consumer proposal doesn't change this at all. It doesn't rewrite the responsibility for the debt. So there are some situations where spouses could be responsible for each other's debt. Um, You know, if they separate or become divorced, there could be some division of debt ordered by the courts. Okay, that's a little bit of a specific situation. Um, The more common one is if there's joint liability by co-signing, guaranteeing, or perhaps being a co-cardholder. So it is the case that the couple, if they have joint debts, nothing's going to be changed if you do a consumer proposal. Those debts will remain joint. Uh, If they're separate debts, it's very possible for one spouse to do a consumer proposal, deal with their own debts, and not have any impact whatsoever on the other spouse. Okay. And you talked about being a co-signer, and that's where you can get into a different situation, not as clean and clear. Uh, so let's talk about the downside of that. Yeah, well, if if you're a co-signer on a debt or guarantor or co-cardholder, all these different, different things, uh, your liability is what's called joint and several liability, which means both partners can be held accountable for the full amount of the debt. So if you had a debt that's owed jointly, and if one spouse decided to do a consumer proposal and was going to pay back 30 cents on the dollar on that debt, the creditor would have the right to go to the other spouse and say, well, we want the other 70 cents on the dollar because we're, we're not going to compromise our debt. Only one person did a consumer proposal. The way around Around this is to consider perhaps doing a joint consumer proposal, and that's where spouses can do one consumer proposal as long as they have some debts in common, and the consumer proposal would include all of their debts, all their debts individually, and all the shared debts as well. Now, if the joint debts are quite minimal, it's just a very small percentage of the whole amount, they might both decide to file separate proposals, the one and just you know, deal with the joint debt in each proposal. So it's not a requirement that you do a joint proposal, but it is an option. And I've also seen scenarios where one partner definitely sees it to their advantage to file a consumer proposal, and the other partner, they've got significantly more debt or significantly less income, and they decide to file for personal bankruptcy. That's definitely an option as well. So each spouse could choose to take whichever action or no action, and it's independent of the other spouse. It really doesn't impact them. And the other piece I just want to throw in there, too, that only a licensed insolvency trustee is going to be able to walk you through this process, either together or or individually or just one of the people. And it's so important to remember that uh, not just anybody can do this work for you. That's right, Elaine. And when people hear about a consumer proposal, I'm used to hearing, well, that this sounds too good to be true. There must be a catch. And people are consistently surprised to learn, no, this is codified in Canadian law. And there's a lot of legal rigor behind this. So when you file a consumer proposal, this isn't some informal arrangement. We're phoning and we're trying to get people you know, to accept the deal, hoping they're going to do it. Uh, people are legally restrained from taking any action against you. When you file a consumer proposal, your creditors aren't allowed to contact you. By law, they have to deal with the trustee. By law, their interest charge are frozen. They can't accumulate any more. Any court actions, any collection activities, those have to stop exactly where they are. If your wages are being seized, your bank account frozen, that stuff has to stop. So it's all the the protections that people associate with the bankruptcy. You get that in a consumer proposal. And what's even awesome, too, is a consumer proposal, it's just 
approved by majority value. So when we we make a proposal to creditors, if there's twenty thousand dollars of debt, and we know that nine thousand dollars of that debt, there's personal relationship, they will never accept the proposal. But eleven thousand dollars of the debt is going to say yes to the proposal. The majority of the debt is what matters. So as soon as we get fifty percent plus one by dollar value of the debt to say yes to the proposal, it's binding on all creditors. So it can really help deal with a problem situation where you know someone won't negotiate as long as your other creditors will a proposal can be a great option and uh, you know and closing this segment i just want to mention that there's so much good information on your website because we cover so many or not so many topics but there's so much meat to each of the things that we talk about we're sort of just giving you pieces to to hopefully that will um you know, that you'll resonate with. But the website is so good, sans-trustee.com. It's just chock-a-block full of great questions and really thoughtful, clear answers, very specifically to what we've just talked about or all the different kinds of scenarios. And, you know, the thing is the people at Sands and Associates know there's a lot to consider to find the best way to manage debt. And it's pretty common and understandable to feel very overwhelmed and unsure. And that's why Sands and Associates is so great because they really really do understand. They sit down, talk you through it all, and it's a real process. So check out the website, sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates. So in this segment, it's such a great one because we get to talk about this once, well, a couple of times a year, but really once a year, officially, when your consumer debt study comes out. This is what we're talking about, right, Blair? I mean, this is the big one that Sands and Associates talks to. I don't know how many people, 1,700 people uh, across the province to sort of get trends and things. Is that is that a good way to describe it? Yeah, this is our, our labor of love, so to speak. It's our big research project that we do every year. And what we really want to do is shine a light on the the face of problem debt in BC and let people know, you know, it, it essentially it runs all walks of life, all demographics. Uh, it's really pervasive and then really give a chance for people to understand what it's like to face a debt problem. So every year we survey our clients for the past few years. Um, this year we had responses from 1,700 people who gave us very detailed insights into what brought them to see us, what caused their debt situation, how did they feel, what advice do they have to others. And 1,700 people, that's not a small amount, that's about 20% of the total number of consumers who filed a formal insolvency in BC in the last 12 months. So it's a pretty big sample of those who are facing difficulty in the province, and we're really happy because we can release the study publicly and, again, just really try to break down the stigma, the shame, encourage people to get help by seeing that many people are suffering as of now in debt, and there is hope out there. I think it's so great, Blair, and I think I've told you this before, the fact that these people voluntarily tell you all the ins and outs. I mean, not just the hard data, which is super important and super interesting for people to learn and lots to learn from, for sure, but the things that they went through as a result, all with the hopes of giving people more information and helping others uh, get through who are facing a similar situation. Well, that's exactly right, Elaine. And, you know, what I find when I, when I deal with, with clients is almost to a person, they suffered for too long. 
And in our study, we found that about 5% of people reach out right away with the first sign of a debt problem, which means 95% of people don't reach out right away. They struggle, they suffer, they um, you know sometimes take the wrong action that, that's worse for them. So when people start to get help for themselves, what they want to do is try to ease that suffering in others. So quite often people are telling their friends, their family about you know these great options that gave them their life back. And then we were so surprised when we first started doing this study of how much people did want to share wanted to, you know, again, shine the spotlight and then give their advice about not suffering, getting help earlier. Um, There's just some really, really good insights that are in the study. Yeah, some key findings. Um, The segment that we're going to talk about right now about who is seeking debt help in this province. And this is really, really interesting. Yeah, and and what we found in terms of this year, a couple of trends. So, you know, first off is that the proportion of people seeking help who are in the pre-retirement age of 55 plus, that's grown significantly over the course of our study. So in our most recent study, about 42% of those that responded to our survey indicated they were 55 years or older at the time of their insolvency. And that's pretty tough because either you're pre-retirement or in retirement, and oftentimes your income is not able to increase very much at all. So if you find yourself in debt, uh, it can be a really tough situation to deal with. So that was 42% of the population this year. Uh, When we started doing the study back in 2012, it was 26%. So it's a huge, huge growth in that proportion of individuals in an age group where it's difficult for them to increase income, but they're finding themselves in debt and needing help. So that's something that's grown. You know, last year it was 38%, uh, but again, back to 2012, it was just 26%. Now it's over 40% of individuals in that cohort. Yeah, I think that is really interesting, too. Um, Housing affordability and stability for folks, uh, ongoing issue for B.C., for British Columbians, for sure. I mean, everybody's dealing with it. But can we talk a little bit about that and, and where people fell into the categories? Yeah, well, what we've consistently seen, and, you know, when I first became a, a trustee in BC, I thought I would see, you know, many clients from mortgage overextension, you know, people are getting these high mortgages, it must be so tough for them to carry them, and eventually things must, you know, just break or go sideways. Um, almost never have I seen that. So if you're a homeowner in BC where your homes went up in value, you know, pick a number, 20 to 30% a year for the last number of years, um, you're not the type of person that's having difficulty with debts, because for good or for bad, as your home increases in value, you have the ability to often tap that equity, um, the home equity line of credit or borrow against it or refinance. So there's a lot of folks who own homes, they deal with their debt problem by taking the equity out of their home, uh, which is not a sustainable project for the long term. But while the real estate market keeps rising, it's definitely an option. So what we found is over 80% of the people that are filing, they're renters. They don't own real estate. Um, they're in a rental situation, and it's getting more and more difficult to make that to make that rent payment each month because it just seems to go up and up. So the majority of people that I'm seeing, especially based in the Vancouver office, it's 50% of their income that's going to rent before anything else is paid. So that just gets incredibly difficult to stay on top of things if right off the top half of your income is just to keep a roof over your head. Yeah. And of course, that that's part of that whole cycle of increased value of real estate and then people are charging more and then it just goes around and around and around. And the person who's really struggling, it just ends up struggling even more. So uh, what are some of the actions that people are commonly taking to try to resolve their debt problems? What did you find? 
Well, again, the thing that kind of breaks my heart, and we're going to keep doing this until it gets better, is only 5% of people got the right help right away with professional debt help. What most people did, so about 34% of people, they first off started to try to extend their credit limits. So they tried to borrow the way out of the problems, so saying, okay, this one's getting maxed out. Well, let's get some new credit somewhere else. Let's try to consolidate perhaps about 30% of people actually applied for a consolidation financing, and about 9% of those asked friends or family to co-sign a consolidation loan. Uh, that's a huge red blinking light to me. So if anyone out there is thinking about consolidating a debt, but the only way they can consolidate is by getting a co-signer, I would say stop, consult to at least with a licensed insolvency trustee, because usually that's a very bad idea. But you can see it's about 64% of people just said, well, I'm just going to try to borrow more, get the interest charges down if I can. Um, what was interesting to us as well is when we looked at credit ratings, a lot of people make the assumption that a bankruptcy or a proposal is only done by somebody whose credit is just terrible, they've missed payments forever, they're getting um, you know, hounded down to, to, to be sued type of thing. But we found that about 30% of people who filed either a bankruptcy or a proposal, their credit was actually good or excellent at the time that they filed. So it's not the case you have to have terrible credit um, to get into a proposal or a bankruptcy, but it's also the case that just because you have perfect credit, that does not mean that your finances are in great shape. It doesn't mean that you're not going to need very soon to file a bankruptcy or a proposal because to keep perfect credit, it just means you're making all your minimum payments over time. It doesn't mean you're actually able to pay off the debt or have to sell assets to pay off the debt. It doesn't take anything like that into consideration. So a lot of people put a bit of a false sense of security or an emphasis on their credit rating. And our survey really showed, well, at least for three in 10 people, you would never have thought they had a debt problem if you just looked at their credit rating. Yeah, I think that's a really important piece. I, I wrote when I was reading about what this segment was going to be about, you know, it's a very clear warning for folks uh, about relying on ratings and scores. It's just not a cl very clear picture at all. Um, the last, we've just got about a minute left in the segment, Blair. Um, do you want to talk about some of the common causes of debt problems and, and what and what the study showed? Yeah, certainly. And I think, you know, the big takeaway for us is, again, consistently the most dominant causes of an individual's financial difficulty are often an external shock to the system. So, you know, for most people, it's an illness, an injury, or a health-related problem. It can be a marital or relationship breakdown, or it can be a job or an income interruption. So the idea of, you know, financial mismanagement and overspending, yeah, there's, there's a component of that. But for the most part, it's people that were doing just fine, but they weren't able to save an emergency fund or something so catastrophic externally hit them, and they just needed some time or some help to recover, and the debts just weren't able to be serviced. So the assumptions people typically make about what drives people into insolvency, uh, our study really clearly showed that you've got to look a little bit deeper at the overall situation. Yeah, and I like, you've said this before, but the bottom line being that a debt problem can happen to anyone at any time, and if you think you might have a debt problem, you probably do, and that's when you make that call to Sands & Associates. It's 1-800-661-3030, or check out their website, sands-trustee.com. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.